Hi. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. So today we're going to talk about a serial killer. And Randy has been trying to guess this case for like a week. (laughs) Um, But what I didn't know is that part of it was covered on the other podcast, The Murder Squad, which is um, in conjunction with My Favorite Murder. So it's not, okay, so it's like half of it is covered on that podcast, (laughs) and then I'm going to talk about the other half of it, which I don't think they talk about, because it's a little conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, So we're going to talk about the double initial killer, also known as the alphabet killer of Rochester, New York, and San Francisco. Oh my gosh, I do know this one. Yes. I am so annoyed that I didn't guess that. (laughs) I'm so annoyed. It's okay. I forgive you. Okay. And I think all of the other people who are obsessed with murder also forgive you. <laughs> I just like guessing so much. Yes, I totally I get don't it. know why. That's totally it fair. Provides me so much joy when I guess something mm-hmm. <laughs> correctly. Yeah, I totally understand. It's like a the alphabet killer. Yes. Oh the my alphabet god. Alphabet killer. Let's do it. And he's also suspected of being like so many other killers. Yes, too. So many things. <laughs> he's like every killer. <laughs> yes, right. He's actually everyone. Because and he was also in London for a period of time. So maybe he's Jack the Ripper. Maybe. I don't know. That's not correct. <laughs> nope. But that um, timestamps don't work yeah, there. He's about a hundred years too <laughs> late. But yeah, so um, the killer that we're talking about is Joseph Nazo, and I'm going to get to him in a minute. What I want to start off with is the murders that happened in Rochester, New York. Do you know about these ones? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, they really didn't talk about too much the, detail fine. about Mur- them. The murder squad didn't do it the same way I think you're going to do it. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, because murder squad- I mean, it doesn't squad, matter anyways. No, not really. <laughs> You can listen to both and you'll <laughs> fine. get information. We've covered so many things that are on other podcasts. Yeah. It's just inevitable because, you know, sensationalism. Okay. So Cameron Colin was 10 on November 16th, 1971, when she disappeared from her hometown, which is, was Rochester, New York. Um, Carmen was running errands for her mom that day, and she was seen at a drugstore picking up a prescription by several witnesses. Afterwards, people said that she willingly got into a parked car outside the drugstore that had been waiting for her. I'm not sure if she arrived at the drugstore in the same car, but all of the witnesses that did come forward said that she did get into this vehicle. Um, they all said that it was a dark car. That's that's it. Um She had no reservations, according to the clerk. So basically, she didn't feel uncomfortable walking into the store. It didn't look like she was like, you know, had a gun pointed to her head and is like, I'm going to kill your family if you don't go about as usual or Mm -hmm. whatever. So she seemed totally fine um, and seemed perfectly happy, which was her normal attitude. Um, That night on Highway I-49, no, 490, sorry, West, several commuters saw a dark-haired girl who was naked from the waist down sprinting across the side of the road. She was apparently waving her arms trying to get the attention of the drivers. One car did slow down and, um, and helped her into that vehicle. So, Whatever this car was, saw the little girl and was and kind of like coaxed her into the car and people saw her get in and they drove off. Um, Witnesses would say that the person in the car was a male and um, there were actually 38 witnesses that would come forward after this incident. And most people think this is because of um, the bystander effect, which had happened. That case had happened about uh, this is 71. So it was like seven, eight years ago with Kitty 
Genevieve. Genevieve, yeah. Um, which we've talked about her before previously on one of our episodes, but people were just very willing to like go to the police if they saw anything suspicious after that case had come out because of what had happened to Kitty, uh, because people didn't do anything about it. So unfortunately, all 38 of the witnesses, for some reason, would start to trickle in about three days after this incident had happened. And by that time, um, Carmen's body had been found by the police. So her body had been found by two boys who were biking around the same area about 48 hours later um, after the uh, naked 48 girl. 48 hours? Yeah. Oh the my perfect gosh. time. The perfect crime. Uh, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, I did not know it was going to rhyme right there, but I did. So that was a magical moment. Okay, anyway, so it was about 48 hours later, and they found her body while they were biking around this area. Um, And this area is called Chile, or Chile, or whatever, in New York. So at first... As per usual, they thought her body was a mannequin, and they got... Why do people think that? I do not... I mean, like, I kind of get it, but mannequins... Why would a mannequin be anywhere anywhere. but in a store? I don't know. I don't know. It's not a mannequin. That's all I have to say. I don't know why that happens. Unless it's, like, an abandoned mannequin-making factory, I'm pretty sure (laughs) 100% of the time that a random human-like form... On the side of the road is a dead body. Gonna be a dead body, and it's not gonna be a mannequin. Never. Also, plastic black trash bags always have bodies in them. Always. Forever will have a body in them. Never trash. Never That's, trash. They're not for trash. No. No, they are for dead bodies. They're for dead bodies <laughs> and for landscaping. Yep. Those are That's the two. It. That's it. Those are the two functions. That's what's on the the box mm-hmm. of a black trash bag. It doesn't say trash bag. For dead bodies and or landscaping. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's how they should sell them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a good marketing ploy. But whatever. So anyway, <laughs> um, at first, Carmen's family was the first to be questioned for her disappearance. Her mother's common law husband, which just means they've been together for 10 years. Oh my gosh, my story has a common law marriage. Really? That's so funny. That's, I knew we were, okay, we're so in sync. Okay, anyway. So her common law husband, uh, Miguel, uh, I think her, her last name is Colin or Colin or something. It's spelled like colon. So I'm going to say colon. Yeah. But, which is a part of your body. But anyway, so Miguel was questioned extensively about her death. He cracked under the pressure and ended up fleeing New York back to Puerto Rico, which is where Carmen had been born and where she had grown up before moving to New York. Miguel would actually later commit suicide back in Puerto Rico, and police were never able to fully connect him back to the murder of Carmen. Um, it wasn't until a similar murder occurred occurred two years ago that police would start to suspect that something else was going on. So on April 2nd, 1973, 11-year-old Wanda Walkowicz was living her life, normal preteen human. Um, she had red hair and kept a really positive attitude despite the tragic loss of her father when she was a little girl. Um, her mother, Joyce, tried really hard to raise Wanda and her two younger sisters, but she was working a couple jobs, and Wanda had to kind of grow up quicker than most 11-year-olds to be able to help her mom around the house. So 
On April 2nd, Wanda left the house around 5.10 to go pick up some groceries since her mom had credit at a local grocery store. But after three hours of Wanda being gone and not coming back to the house, her mom called the police. And it wouldn't be long um, because at 10.15 the next morning, the police arrived at Joyce's door to tell her the the news that the body of a young girl had been discovered on a remote street corner. Wanda's body had been discovered by a police officer who was patrolling the area. Um, her body was fully dressed, but it was apparent that she had been strangled to death, which is how um, Carmen died as well. Uh, the weapon was nowhere to be found, leaving the police to believe the killer took the weapon with him. She was found fully clothed, but there was evidence of rape when they found her body. When the autopsy was completed, it was also found that Wanda had consumed frozen custard which was apparently like a popular summer thing in Rochester, New York. Like they had frozen custard stands all over the place. Like if you've ever been to Oklahoma, they have pineapple <laughs> whip and um, like frozen snow cone. snow cone stands everywhere. They actually have a lot of frozen custard stands oh, in really? Oklahoma too. So I never think it's just go like there. Hot places. Yes, exactly. Hot and humid places yeah. usually have those little stands. We had everywhere. one like near like right on the corner of our high school in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And if you turned it upside down and it fell out, they would make you they'd like give you a free one. Really? Yeah. That's so cute. Oh my God. It's like Dairy Queen kind of. Yeah, they like do that Dairy too. Queen. They yeah. do that too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a popular thing in hot places. We don't have those here in Colorado. <laughs> I don't think. My cousin's husband, who I also consider to be my cousin now, but um, he helps run Josh's Snow Shack in Oklahoma. In yeah. Yeah. So they just snow reopened cones. snow cones, man. Anyway, so um, she didn't have any money on her at the time, which is also why police started to speculate that the reason she had custard in her system was because someone bought it for her. And this, the fact that her killer would have bought her a snack is something that happened in the next murder as well. So, um, in addition to all of the information they got from Wanda's body, there were several witnesses that came forward that saw Wanda getting into a car. Some say it was a Ford LTD and others says it was a Dodge Dart, but whatever the model was, everybody said that it was a black car. In addition to this black car sighting, two young girls came forward said that a man in a Ford LTD had tried to coerce them into his car the Saturday before Wanda disappeared, saying that I need help with something or whatever, just very creepily asking two little girls to go with him. These little girls, nope. however, denied this. They were like, we're not going with you. No, thanks. Stranger So Stranger danger, danger literally. That should be the thing for your entire life. Just yeah. never get into a random person's car. <laughs> never. I don't care if you're 50. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Just never do it. Unless it's an Uber because, I mean, like. But check the. But check, check that they know who you check. are. And their license plate. Make sure plate. they say your name yeah. first. That's always a thing. Because I know that there have been a couple people that have been. There's a Uber recent murdered. one. There's a recent girl who got into an Uber Oh, my God. In, like, Minnesota. This yeah. happened yesterday. And she... Happens all the time, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I know there's going to be some serial killer that's, like, going to be an Uber Eats driver or something. <laughs> um. Anyway, so... In addition to the Ford LTE sighting and then the two little girls coming forward, um, there was another person who also came forward that saw a heavily tattooed man talking to a crying little girl who they swore was Wanda. 
Um, overall, there were a lot of eyewitnesses reports coming in. Again, they also call that the bystander effect thing that was happening um, because of what happened to Kitty Genevieve. Bystander effects when they don't do it. Right. So it's so like the, the result of the result of the, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Thank also, you. Wanda's such a weird name for a child. I know. <laughs> I I looked at that and she's so cute too. It's like, just so funny when children yeah, have, have like, like old people Everyone names. with those names, they were children they had at to one be point. Children. Like, <laughs> It's you so know, odd. Yeah, every Gretchen was a child, yeah. you know? Yeah, that is weird. So interesting. <laughs> so if your name is Wanda, tell about tell us about your life experience as a child <laughs> named Wanda. Anyway, um, but yeah, so she was so cute. She kind of like creepily kind of looks like me. Like not to say that every redhead looks like, the, looks like me because that's not true. But like she has my kind of face, like round, kind of like higher cheekbones, but they're not super defined. And her hair was cut the same when I was a little girl. So it made me really sad when I saw her picture. (laughs) Anyway, um, there was a small break in the case, however, when a neighborhood man who lived near Wanda was questioned for about 12 hours after it was discovered that he had a history of child endangerment. But he passed a polygraph test, which, as we've talked about before, that's kind of hard (laughs) to do. But at the same time, it's a pseudoscience. But this is still the 70s. So I they let take him go. One. I feel like I would I know. pass it. I feel like I don't think I would do that. I don't think I could do, like, I feel like I'd be too nervous. And it, they'd ask me what my name is, and I'd say what my real name is, and it, it wouldn't, it would <laughs> say I was lying. <laughs> I feel so. like I wouldn't, I'm not, like, don't get nervous, so I feel like I could pass a polygraph Actually, test. you probably could pass a polygraph test, because you're pretty good in front of crowds and dealing with, uh, like, high-pressure situations. I'm good situations. at lying. Yeah. <laughs> So you should not be, a good quality. No. So you should be a serial killer or an actor. One Prop, of the two. One of the two. Yeah. Those are the two or a things. Defense attorney or a defense. They don't lie. No. 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 <laughs> Never lie on behalf of their clients. Never. What? Attorney-client privilege doesn't <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not useful. So it doesn't even matter. They don't even lie. <laughs> they don't even because nobody's. But lying. really, we should take some. We should take one. I'd actually be curious I would to be see too. what would happen. I really want to do oh that. Oh my actually. god. Let's make that happen. Okay, cool. Okay. Let me know. If, if somebody you know knows where one is. Yeah, if someone has a random polygraph machine just laying around <laughs> that they would let us borrow, that would be really fun. Yeah. We could do like a little video. We too. would also need somebody somebody to like administer it. Yeah. Yeah. Who can read a polygraph test and <laughs> get to yeah. ask if we're there's, lying or not. There's too much. There's this steps. probably won't happen. Probably there's, not. There's too but, much stuff to figure out. But one can dream. Yep. So that's one of our dreams. Put it out in the universe. Polygraph test. Yeah. Make a plea for it. Anyway, so that same year, on November 26th, 1973, Michelle Meneza disappeared while walking home from school. She was a day away from turning 11, which is kind of sad. I know. Isn't that horrible? Oh, my God. Murder adults. I know. Stop killing kids. That's (laughs) not cool. That's like the least cool cool you could ever be. So anyway, but Michelle's murder would almost mirror Wanda's murder and would include evident, like elements of Carmen's. So all of these kind of have several different linking factors. Um, her body was found two days later on a rarely traveled intersection, intersection in Webster, which was a county over from Rochester. She was fully clothed but had been raped just like Wanda. The autopsy also showed that someone had fed her a hamburger before her death. Um, the slight bit of... Inform- that, like, creeps me out when... I know. When stuff like that happens. 
is like someone feeds them yeah, or like takes care, care of them. them. I know. Like that Mr. Is Cruel. Creepy. Do you know a lot yes. about him? I don't know a lot about him, but I've heard of him before. And he would like, is he the one who would like cut their fingernails and stuff and pamper them and everything? Or is that an episode of Criminal Minds? <laughs> I don't. Oh my god, question of my <laughs> life. I never know if is it's that real, real or not. Is that a real Is this SVU or, or Forensic Files? Or is this one of my many, many cop shows that I watch? <laughs> I don't know. No, but Mr. Cruel would, I don't think he cut their fingernails, but he would like bathe them and like he blindfolded them, but he would like kind of take care of them at the same time. So he kind of had like a weird like caretaker complex. Yeah. It's but like, like a Munchausen thing, but not really. Yeah, but they were all blindfolded and he said, like, if you take your blindfold off, I'll kill you. So only a couple girls peaked. Yeah. But Yikes. he's also people think he's the Golden State Killer. Oh my God. I know. I've always wanted to do that one, but it's just so gross that Yeah. I don't want to really. But people yeah. there people think he's the Golden State Killer. That's because, interesting. Like their MO's really similar and Except for the abduction bit. Well, not really. I mean, kind of. He probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, well, he like went into their houses mm-hmm. and what he did in their houses was similar. And uh, Joseph D'Angelo was in the Navy in Australia. Okay. And this guy's a serial killer in Australia. <gasps> right. Yes. Oh, my God. He's been linked to a couple of different serial killings in Australia, right? No, just that one that I, that I know just of that at one. least. Okay. But also the timeline, because you know how Joseph D'Angelo stops killing and- stuff like in the 80s yeah this picks up right when his golden state killer stuff ends <gasps> creepy but detectives have said it's not him but okay we can dream yeah we can how dream. cool would that be that would be nuts see that's what i'm saying it's like linking other serial murder like <laughs> unsolved cases to major serial killers is always interesting mm-hmm. that's why i'm like betsy artsma was ted killed bundy. by ted bundy <laughs> anyway <clears throat> so She was fed a hamburger, um, which is one of the, you know, connections back to Wanda's death as well. Someone called the police and said they had seen a little girl who was crying and a man came over to give her a hamburger near a fast food restaurant in Penfield, which is also near where Michelle went missing. Uh, Michelle is pretty like she's this is going to be mean. She's like a hefty kid. She was a kind of like a little little squat. A little squash. She's a little squishy. Yeah. Okay. She was so cute. So she kind of like has an iconic look. And um, we have our first official official eyewitness um, from when Michelle went missing. And a man who was driving in Macedone, I think that's how you say it, or Macedone, which is near where Michelle was taken and close to the fast food place where our other witness saw Michelle. The driver um, of this vehicle who was um, in Mesa Jones saw a beige car stopped and thought the car was out of gas or was in trouble. And so being the good Samaritan that he was, he decided to pull over and see what was going on. But when he pulled over, the driver started to act a little odd. So he immediately stepped in front of the license plate. So our good Samaritan couldn't see what the numbers were. Yeah, he only got a partial from the license plate. And in addition to that, the driver kept on saying, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong, just go on. And the Good Samaritan, we're just going to keep calling him that because I don't know what his name is, um, he looked in the car and he saw Michelle. So he like positively identified her. He was like, that's who the little girl was. And the driver of the car started to like rear back and in like a 
I'm going to punch you in the face sort of way. Mm-hmm. And so the our good Samaritan guy just kind of was like, okay, I'm out of this. Did Goodbye. he call the police right away? Yeah. So um, he... Well, he didn't call them right away, but when he heard about Michelle, when she Why? went missing, I don't know. I mean, like, so I guess it could have been that, like, maybe the driver was just upset and he was like, oh, it's her dad or whatever. He didn't say anything about Michelle being antsy or not wanting to be in the car or crying or anything like that. He just said that she was in the vehicle and um, that the driver was just a little too aggressive for his taste. So when he found out that Michelle had gone missing and probably had seen her picture on the front page of the newspaper, was like, that's really weird. I swear I saw her in that car and called the police and talked to them about it, which is what happened with basically all of the eyewitnesses for these cases because, you know, like seeing a little girl crying and then having someone bring her food, you don't really know what their relationship is necessarily. And kids cry all the time, even when they're with their parents. So it's a little bit of a different situation. Whereas like if it was an adult woman who was physically like bawling her eyes out and like trying to get away from the guy and who was like giving her food, it may be a slightly different situation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to read the room with kids sometimes because they're antsy all the time. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I would just be safe and call, but... But, yeah, but not, you know, not everybody was as cautious in the 70s. I know that, like, kids ran around and rode their bikes in ditches where mannequins could be dropped randomly. <laughs> mannequins. <laughs> or dead bodies. Um, so, I don't know. I can't really defend anyone's actions here, but I can understand why they wouldn't immediately call the police. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it's like if if you don't have experience calling the police, mm-hmm. I feel like people get really nervous to do it. Right. And 911 was not a thing. Yeah. But you, I mean, you could just call the police station. But... Yeah, exactly. But I think that like the emergency, I mean, I don't know the history of like. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. It was a thing, but it hadn't reached all of America yet. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if Rochester had. Some sort of similar system with 911 where you could immediately call I don't think or they something like did. that. I think you would like have to call the police station. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see him just being like, eh, none like, of my business. Like this guy just seems upset. We're yeah. just going to leave. Um, but yeah, it is odd to not call the police when an aggressive male is with a young female yeah. child. I mean, it's not his in fault, a vehicle. but like, yeah. I mean, and I it wouldn't hurt yeah. to call. <laughs> yeah. Whatever his actions or motivations were. Hindsight is 2020. Whatever. It's fine. Exactly. It's cool. So that's what happened, unfortunately. And um, the police actually did find the owner of this beige car. Um, It had the correct partial plate. And they had actually seen it in, um, because they had, like, obviously put out, like, a statewide, like, search for this vehicle mm-hmm. with the partial plate and um the guy gave and them all points bulletin yes <laughs> correct <laughs> that's what they did okay so yeah so they put out an all points bulletin for this car i don't know if that's what that is i don't know either <laughs> just but... <laughs> words from shows <laughs> yeah right so they did that if that's even the thing that they do and um they found a person who matched the description who had the same beige car and the partial plate was there and then they got a picture of the full plate and um unfortunately the man in question did have a pretty solid alibi he said that he was at home making a few calls to a couple different people and they looked at his call records from his phone and he was correct like someone was at the house 
making calls from the phone. It could be that someone else was making the phone calls, but highly unlikely. And in addition to that, he also passed the polygraph test. So we know that it probably wasn't him, but the plate kind of freaks me out a little bit that it was like a, yeah, like the same kind of plate. That is weird. Yeah. So all of those murders are to this day unsolved, and they have been named the double initial child murders of Rochester. They've also been named the alphabet killings because of the weird alliteration between all of the young girls' Mm -hmm. names. So we have um, uh, Wanda Walkowicz, something. Her name is very Polish. Hold on. Um... Yeah, so Wanda Walkowicz, and then Cameron Colin, and Michelle Meneza, or Meneza. In addition to that, the locations of where their bodies were found also match with this alliteration pattern. So Carmen was found near a city called Chile, Wanda was found in Webster, and Michelle was found in Macedon. These are just coincidences. I know, but I love it so much. It's just like so juicy. I always thought that this moniker was like really funny because it yes. just doesn't like it make does any not sense. make any sense. Because I feel but like parents so name, hilarious. name kids like that a lot. Oh yeah, like my name is like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miranda Maddox. I was thinking <clears> about that when I was researching this last night because it's kind of creepy. At least the Joseph Nazo aspect yeah. of it, and I was like, well, I won't be murdered by him because my name. <laughs> Does it match? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. But I feel like a lot of kids do. Mm-hmm. That's not. Yeah. That's I feel like not that, legit. I feel like he wasn't thinking it's not. about that. It's and he not. just picked up random kids, so there's no mm-hmm. way he could know. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's the like weird... such a weird moniker. Yes, it's so funny. I actually love it. I like it too, but. It's ironic because of the murders in California that would happen because four of the ones that he was convicted of also yeah. have this strange alliteration. In addition to that, the first murder victim in California is also named Carmen Colon with the exact same spelling. I did not know that. Yeah. Shut up. Are yeah. you, that was the that part that so I texted. Weird. I texted Randy last night and it was like, oh my God, the weirdest coincidence just happened <laughs> in the case that I'm looking up. That's what it was. Oh my goodness. Yes. Her name is Carmen Colon because I was looking okay, it maybe, up. Okay, maybe he does I don't do know. some research or I know, something. I, know. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of recon. Maybe. Um... Because in addition to him, like, picking up these girls who have the name alliteration, he also didn't freak them out at first. Because, as we know with Carmen, she got into the car willingly. Wanda willingly. So maybe he was, like, like prowling. And yeah, maybe he had up talked in the to phone them book. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <gasps> Ew, I, the thought I of know. that is weird. Like, where I would know. that come from? I don't know. I feel like everyone, like, all serial killers who have a weird thing, mm-hmm. it's, like, related to something. Yeah, but where but would you know. be, like... I must kill people with, with alliteration in their name. I have to I do have it. To. I don't know. Maybe some weird OCD something. Um, Ooh, yeah. I mean, I've heard of that before of where like killers have a weird OCD tick where they have to do something a particular way every single time. Yeah, but it's like But like, not- that's also <laughs> just like your modus operandi or whatever, or operandi. And, um, I think it's op- operandi. Operandi. Whatever. Randi. Listen. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Latin but is a dead language. I think you. that... Um, those ticks or whatever are normally like 
I have to clean the body with a yes. specific towel or yeah. something weird or like, like that. They Not have, you know, they have to be wearing this. Or yeah, I have to kill them like this. The alliteration is so random. So random. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <gasps> but yeah, it confused me at first because the first murder in California is of a 22-year-old woman. That's so weird. Yeah, and I was looking this up and I was like, I'm pretty sure she was 10. So that doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. they were talking about when Joseph Nazo went on trial in 20. 2013 and they were like Carmen Colon's daughter took the stand and I was like she was 10 yeah and I didn't understand and so I had to look at look it up a little bit and yeah they have the same name that's yeah bizarre and yeah I thought that was really weird that was the only thing that I was like mm. <laughs> that's kind of odd yeah just like slightly off and the coincidence is almost like one in a million um but I don't know maybe mm. it really was that one in a million chance. Maybe. Or one in a billion. I don't know. I don't know. One you, in a trillion. Yeah. What would that statistic even be? <laughs> like the same woman being murdered by the same man with the same name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that would be. Whatever. I'm not going to calculate that right now. So, um, there's also a movie based on these murders called The Alphabet Killer. It got a 13% rating on... <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. So I did not watch it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes is harsh. They are harsh. So maybe it's actually good. Who knows? I mean, I've liked many a film that Rotten Tomatoes hated. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, There's also a book um, called The Alphabet Killer, The True Story of the Double Initial Murders by a woman named Sherry Farnsworth. I haven't read it, but in most of the places that I looked up all of this information, at the bottom they would always reference this particular mm-hmm. book. So if you weren't more interested in um, the child murders in Rochester, I would definitely go look that look at that because it is kind of interesting. In addition to that, it almost could be like all three of them are one-off killings. Because Miguel Colon, who was questioned for his daughter's murder, I think it's his daughter. I think it's his daughter. Um, he obviously fled the, at least like, um, fled the U.S. and then went to Puerto Rico. So, I don't know. He seems a little suspicious to me. And in addition to that, there was another man who was questioned, but he turned out to be a dead end as well. Um, in Rochester, the police have been trying to serve, solve these murders since 1971. Uh, um, they even went as far to exhume the body of an ex-firefighter who um, was one of the Hillside Stranglers from I asked if it Los was that Angeles. One. Yes, you did. Um, so this particular killer is named uh, James Termini, and he was in L.A. and would go around strangling people with his friend um and uh he's just not great oh no 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 james termini is a serial rapist sorry there's okay so james termini is a serial rapist and he was the firefighter who they exhumed and they used his they tested his dna against one of the rape kits and he was found um not positive (laughs) the hillside strangler is kenneth bianchini i was about to say i was like i don't bianchi yeah 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 Bianchi, uh, like the bike. Yeah, Bianchi, yeah. Sorry, I knew a kid who had a last name named Bianchini when I was in middle school, and I saw this, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of spelled the same. But um, So he lived in Rochester at the time of the murders. Bianchi, however, only committed crimes with his partner, who was Angela uh, 
Bueno? Buen, bueno? I don't know. B-U-O-N-O. Yeah, I think it's like Buono. Buono? Yeah. I don't know. So Angelo Buono. However, this would be this would not be the only time that the Rochester murders would be connected back to California. No, it would not. Because we have our next famous All guest. killers are everybody. Yes, all killers are everyone and they're always in California. It's just reincarnation. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's our mega cult. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the mega cult that oh they killed Arliss Perry. Okay. So um, the most famous person accused of these crimes would be someone who was found guilty of similar murders. Um, he unfortunately would be ruled out at least of the murder of Wanda because of DNA. So the only reason that I'm going to bring him up is because of the strange coincidences between the cases. The age difference is a little shocking. But if you see the prog- progression uh, in Joseph Nazo's killings, he goes from like a 22-year-old, and I think one of his oldest was like a 58-year-old. all year over old. the board, yeah. Yeah, like, um, oh, a 56, 56. Yeah, um, the, he, one, the yeah. woman who was just like in her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is just so tragic. Um, unfortunately, he actually wasn't convicted of her murder. I don't think he was convicted of the four who had the alliteration in their names. And we'll talk about those. Um, so he had been in Rochester during these child killings, which is why he was initially suspected. And um, he bounced around quite often because he was a naval officer and he lived in um, England, I think he lived in France at one point. He lived in New York, California, just like all over the place. So he had dipped his toes into a lot of different pools, but he kind of, he lived in California for a significant amount of time. So um, the second victim who I'd mentioned before who died in 1977 was named Carmen Colon, which is the same name as our first victim in Rochester, which is the most, just like the weirdest thing in the entire world. Um, so these murders, if you want to talk more about like the victims and everything, you can go listen to the murder squad episode of it, but we're just, I'm just going to do like a glance over of everything. So the case of Joseph Nazo broke open in 2010 when he was arrested. He was charged with the murder, murder of four women from the late 1970s to the 1990s. So the women, Roxanne Rogsatch, who was 18 when she was killed in 1977, Carmen Colon, who was 22 in 1978, Pamela Parsons, who was 38 in 1930, 1993, and Tracy Tafoya, who was 31 in 1994. All the women were troubled, and Roxanne was said was also have said to have been a sex worker at the time, as well as Tracy. However, Roxanne's family would deny the accusations of her being a sex worker. Tracy, however, her husband would actually take the stand and would say that she had been um, a sex worker. So Joseph Nazo had been suspected of these murders due to some shoplifting that started in 2003. He was caught in California where he lived at the time stealing women's underwear. Oh, my God. He just yes. is the Golden State Killer, he just too. He Because the Navy also. Yeah, That's I know. So weird. Isn't that so weird? Shoplifting, underwear, mm-hmm. Navy. The 70s. What? I don't know. I'll just stay away from people. In ca- he also kind of looks like the Golden State Killer. He does, killer kind of, yeah. Just like he has a bigger nose, but... It's just the same creepy vibe that I get from both of them. So, but he wasn't a police officer. Luckily, he wasn't doing that. Um, So he paid a fine for it and went on his way, but he was caught 
two more times stealing stuff. And the last time is when he moved to Reno, Nevada. And after that last time he was caught, he was actually put on probation and given a probation officer. And um, one of the... uh, like sort of rules of his probation is that his parole officer would make unannounced visits to his house. So on one of these announced visits in 2009, probation officer. Yeah, whatever. Probation. Um, his probation officer found ammunition in his house. <gasps> Ew, no. Yes. And a couple different magazines that advertised for guns, which was a complete violation of his probation. So. Yeah, I think that's like an across the board rule. Yeah, just is that like you can't, you have, can't firearms. have firearms if you're on probation. That's just not. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure you're right. So obviously, this was a huge violation of his probation. Violation probation. I think. Sorry, so many <laughs> rhyming today. Okay, so uh, this gave the police a reason to actually search the entirety of Nazo's house. And while they were doing this. They found some creepy stuff. So Nazo had been a photographer for the majority of his life. And what they found inside of his house is like the creepiest. It's just terrifying. Yes. So they found over 4,000 photos of scantily clad women, um, some of whom are still unidentified to this day. And there's like a whole campaign through the Murder Squad podcast to identify the women. So I would definitely like look on their website. I'm going to tag it in my references for this episode. So please go look at it. I mean, you they, probably listened to the episode if you're you listening to our have, podcast. Honestly, it's really good. And like, it's important that we figure out who these women are, obviously, because we want to know, we want their names to be known and know that they're okay and alive and whatever. I think that they identified or were one of them. Or maybe that was from the other photographer guy. It might I don't be remember. from the other photographer they, guy. They, I think that they were like about to identify one of the photos mm-hmm. from one of the photographer. You know what? Don't talk to was, photographers. Just don't do it. <laughs> um, if somebody walks up to you and is like, you should be a model. Don't listen to them. They're lying to You're you. You're beautiful, but no. But no. <laughs> That's not how agencies do that. I can tell you that. That's not how they do it. <laughs> they don't just walk up to people. So... Do they, though? I feel like they do. I mean, I think that's happened once in a blue moon. Because that, okay, actually, I take that back. Because <laughs> I, my, I feel my, like that's how a lot of people's, like, life I was changes. discovered. I was discovered. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, if you want to do modeling, go through an agency. That's the best way to do it. Because they can actually connect you to professionals who do this as a job. So there's that. But my friend who lived up in New York last year actually got found by one of the producers of the Spider-Man movies from Marvel mm-hmm. and she got like offered a job and stuff. She ended up like moving back here because he was a little flaky, but it was kind of like a weird coincidence that she just met him yeah, at I her like job. Yeah, that kind of happens commonly. Yeah, but every like, once in a while, but I don't know, check it out. Yeah, just to be safe. Don't go somewhere alone with them. No, absolutely not. Like but if you do it's not your fault, but like but like google them first. Yes. Like, be a good sleuth. Yeah. Like, you have Stalk the them. power at your fingertips. A professional photographer will have a website. They will have a website. Their names will be attached to photos. So, if you can't find any of their work anywhere, then they're probably not legit. No victim blaming, though, if you've totally no done that. No victim blaming. Absolutely <laughs> It's totally not. fine if you've done totally, that. Totally. Yeah. Because, like, the excitement, I'm sure, is there. But just be safe. Don't. Don't take that as reality until you know for sure. 
That's all I have to say. Not that you wouldn't be called out in the middle of a grocery store. Yes. You're like, oh, look at you, you amazing woman. Yeah. Model for me. Like, that could totally happen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, question everything. That's what I have to say. <laughs> so they found these 4,000 pictures of scantily clad women. Um, in addition to this. <laughs> You're such a history weirdo. I know. Scantily clad. I'm I feel sorry. like you <laughs> you say phrases that I are sound like, like so I'm old. A, it's so funny. I sound like I'm 87 <laughs> years old. Like, my siblings have pointed it out to me before. They're like, the most annoying thing about you is that you say things that I don't understand. Like, a really <laughs> historical like, yeah. sayings. Yeah. I have... I popped out of a dictionary. That's what happened. <laughs> so, sorry. Um, but I also stumble on my words all the time, too. <laughs> I am, I'm just an amalgamation of a lot of different things. Anyway, okay. Enough about me. Let's talk about these poor women. <laughs> so, the most incriminating piece of evidence that they found within Nazo's house was a diary, which... I, oh my god, I forgot about this. This, this is the dumbest is thing ever. The dumbest thing in the entire world. It's like he tried to be clever. He tried because he said like the girl yeah. on or the girl from he didn't or the say lady names, from. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what this diary had within it was a lot of different entries from the 50s all the way to the 70s um and into the 90s. And it was just like lists of random things so it was just like occurrences they would say like uh rochester new york 57 um you know like bright young thing whatever woman at the grocery store whatever it was but some of them were specific though yeah some of them were really specific and there was a list of 10 that would be the best evidence that they had um from the house and what this list of 10 was was basically just like the girl on or the girl from Mm. or the lady in and these 10 women were listed and they the bodies of Carmen, Roxanne, Pamela and Tracy were all connected back to entries in this diary and I have what they said so Roxanne was girl near uh, Loganatus Um, and then Carmen was confirmed as girl near Port Costa. Pamela is girl from Linda, and then in quotations, um, or parentheses, Yuba County, and Tracy is MRSV period, and then another parentheses, cemetery, and Tracy's body was in fact found in a cemetery. So all of these locations were where their bodies had been found or where they popped up, um, and there, the other, um, like how many the other six there are two others that are not completely confirmed but are pretty we're pretty sure that they are two of them on the list and the first is sharia Patton, and she would break our beautiful alliteration pattern darn it so aggravating (laughs) um who was 56 when she went missing in 1981 her body washed ashore in tiborne california and she is suspected to be the woman listed as lady from 839 leavenworth so she was actually abducted in her house um which is pretty tragic she's just like this older woman not doing anything and she's not a fully confirmed victim but police are pretty certain she is the one from the list and I think um, they said in the murder squad that she was the only one named, listed as the lady. Yes. And all the other ones yep. were girls. Yes, which was another thing I was going to bring up. And I think it's because oh, of her age. Yeah, I think that's what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because she was a little bit older, which I always also thought was interesting because uh, Sharia was killed in 1981. But then 
One of the last victims would be Sarah Dillon, and she was a younger girl. I think she was in, like, her 20s or something, and she went missing in 1992. So I'm not really sure what spurred him to attack Maybe Sharia just opportunity. Her, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe she was completely alone in her house, and he just yeah. saw her in there. Maybe he did the recon stuff and would stalk them, because obviously, like, he took pictures of these women. So that's kind of... I don't know. Maybe he had talked to them before and was following them around. The interesting thing about Sarah Dillon is that she was a Bob Dylan fanatic and she had changed her name. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I feel I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you would relate to that. So her real name is Renee Shapiro, but she would change it to Sarah Dillon. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. She was a she was a groupie. Do they have a name for Bob Dylan groupies like Dylanites or something? <laughs> Is that a thing? No, I, I don't, don't think so. There's a new biopic about Bob Dylan. That's there is. I already out. saw it. It's so good. Oh, it is it's good? out. Yeah. Where is it? Out it's on, on Netflix, Netflix. And they're playing okay. it at the Lyric. Oh, neat. Okay. Mm-hmm. God, I'm just like not in tune with any sort of <laughs> cultural anything that's happening right now. I'm a Dylanite, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. She's a Dylanite. So, yeah. Sarah Dylan went missing. Um, and those are, and she is suspected to be girl in Woodland, parentheses, mm-hmm, yeah. near Nevada County, which is where- Why would you write all of this down? I don't You don't know. need to, you don't need to do that. I know. Just be like you Israel Keys and <laughs> just photographs. like remember uh, where your little kill kits are hidden. So, um, yeah, so they found all of this in Nazo's house and Roxanne would be the one that would provide- quite a bit of evidence on Nazo. Um, the interesting thing about her is the nylons that were found on her body. So there were three pairs of nylons that were used to strangle and kill her. Um, one was around her neck, which was used to strangle her. One was actually inside her mouth, and then the other was used as a gag around her mouth. But the pair from around her mouth contained DNA of Nazo's ex-wife, Judith. Whoops. Yeah, so he had literally stolen his ex-wife's nylons to commit this, which I'm like, okay, that's not great. I feel like he got Um, so much pleasure from that. Probably. (laughs) Gross. Which is just so disgusting to think about, but you're totally right. Um, And so in addition to that, the semen that was found on her body would also be linked back to Nazo. But I just thought it was really interesting that they had found his wife's DNA on there. I think it just, like, completes the puzzle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't really say you had consensual sex with her because then you find your wife's DNA on the pair of nylons that were used to strangle her. So you tried, but you've kind of failed. <laughs> um, Buy some new ones. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. He needs to get more sophisticated. Go to He's Bloomingdale's <laughs> and get new nylons. Um, so Carmen's body had been found completely nude. And she had. Uh, it was clear that she had fought off her attacker because during her trial, um, they had discovered that the underneath her nails had been scraped when her body had been found in 1978 and the DNA matched Nazo. So he was convicted of both of those murders. Roxanne, he only got life in prison without parole. And I think in Carmen's trial, he was convicted and given the death penalty. Um, So he was tried for all three of them, for all four of them separately. And then the other two would be connected back to him later. I don't know if he's still alive. Is he still alive? I think so. I think he's still alive waiting on death row, which maybe, I mean, he may die maybe. on death row. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be, I'd be like shocked if they killed someone on death row in 2019. Yeah, exactly. They that, usually that just let him chill there. Too. In that Calif- would shock me too. Well, the death, 
if he still is on death row, then he won't be executed because they outlawed the death penalty in California recently. Oh, they did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When was that? Like a month or two ago, like oh, really sweet. recently. Okay, because I was going to be like, this was like in 2013 or something when he was convicted and whatever. I feel like he's probably still alive then. Probably. I mean, if they overturned it, then they're not going to kill anyone who's on death row still. They probably halted all executions. Unless um, it like doesn't grandfather you into the law. Oh, that would suck. That would be a bummer. I feel like they wouldn't do that, though, for that particular, for this particular thing. Well, they just don't really kill people on death row very much. No, except for Florida. Florida and Georgia. <laughs> Florida and Georgia just really like and Oklahoma. getting that shit done. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate that. I've said that multiple times, but I hate the death penalty. Yeah. Because not only, it's like, why fight it's fire stupid with fire? and it's immoral. Exactly. In addition to that, there are... Four women that are still on this list, and we don't know who they are. So, I don't know. Maybe we could butter him up and question him about them. Butter him up. <laughs> I don't. Let's I mean, like, you know, up. you know what I mean. Like, you can't, uh, you can't force someone to self-incriminate. Whatever, it's a law. But like, <laughs> but if you butter, them up. but if you butter them up, like if you do, like, like they did with Ed Kemper, they gave him cigarettes yeah. and pizza, and like he told them everything. Yeah. Just could do try that. that. I mean, I'd be totally fine giving this guy cigarettes and pizza if he could tell us the location of the other four women. Yeah. It's like, just, come on. It's fine. But I it's also just yeah, anyway. very wrong. <laughs> yes. Morally. Bribery. Um, no, not bribery. Well, that's a little wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about? I was just talking about the death penalty. <laughs> oh. But I thought I mean, you were talking about buttering someone up. No, I was I'm like, just caught I mean, up on I how guess. you said butter them up. That was just funny to me. I told you, I came from 1870. <laughs> you did. That's where I live. Okay. Um, so he would actually enter the plea of not guilty in 2011 during his arraignment. But, like, that's really stupid. <laughs> that was a stupid choice. So, obviously, he was convicted of all of these things. He also tried to represent himself, but the judge told him straight up. He was like, "This that's a bad idea. <laughs> there are four murder trials that you would have to represent yourself for, and you have no idea what you're doing. And the evidence that it has surmounted against you is just unbelievable. So, I would say no to that. And so, he, <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, like, you can't legally not let them self-represent because you can do that and you're you like that's your right but he was like that's not a good maybe maybe don't do that so he (laughs) suggested against it and then um he was in fact um represented by several defense attorneys but um the similarities between the alphabet murders in california and the ones in rochester because the ones in california were also called the alphabet murders when everything was going on so that kind of drew the parallel between them Um, And because of so many of the similarities, the Rochester police actually flew out to California and collected DNA samples from NASA. They tested them against the DNA that was found on Wanda. Unfortunately, they did not match. So we do know that Joseph Nazo did didn't murder murder Wanda. I'm not sure about the other two. I didn't hear about any sort of rape kit that was done on either Michelle or Carmen. But because all three of those cases have been linked together throughout the years, it would make sense that he probably wasn't the killer. But one can dream, Mm -hmm. you know, so we'll keep that spirit alive. Maybe he killed one of them. That's terrible to say. It's not terrible to say, but it kind of like it's just interesting. It is. It's just kind of like it's almost like I want him to be the killer so that there doesn't have to be another killer. 
Okay, there. that's a good re- that's good reasoning for your weird for my weird I wish <laughs> it weird was desires. Him. Yeah, because then it's we, only because I, I mean, don't want there to be two. I, I don't want there to be two alphabet <laughs> killers because that's just weird and I don't like I it. I feel like they're not connected. I know. I so I was slightly convinced when I started doing the research for this because I was like, "Oh my god, this is so weird. Like they were all strangled and their bodies were dumped and they were all sexually assaulted." And you can see the progression between his like like his growing up in women, which was also weird. And it just seemed sort of like they could be the same. But then I heard about the DNA from Wanda's body. And then I was kind of like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think that like the only similarities was the alliteration mm-hmm. and the fact that he was in Rochester. But yeah, I mean, but there were so many people. There's in so Rochester. many murderers. Like, that's- yes. Like, it could have been anyone. And all of these literally could have been one-offs, too, because of the differences in descriptions between all Mm -hmm. of the people that saw them abducted. Um, The only, I mean, like... and This is just full of coincidences. Yes. And there's not anything strange in the actual MO of any of those murders that would, like, stand out as each of them were the same killer. You know what I mean? Like, Like, there wasn't anything, like, a bite mark on their arm or you know like their left shoe was missing or something like that you know what I mean like just something weird to make it seem like this was a particular type of killer whereas all of these poor young girls were strangled and raped so unfortunately I wish I could say it's out of the ordinary but it's not really out of the ordinary yeah it's not unique enough to say these are totally the same people Mm -hmm. but it would be really on the other hand it would be odd to have four child killers in the same town Yes, that would be very strange. Like, not that far apart. Mm-hmm. That would be really, really weird. But it's yes. not impossible. No, it's not impossible. And that would suck if that was the case. Yeah. And I wonder why it stopped. That's the other thing that was, like, confusing to me because he moved away after the last one and um, the child murders stopped. So it was just those three. Hmm. Which was the other interesting Well, maybe about that. he was doing... What number was Wanda? Wanda was second. Second? Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I was going to say, like, maybe some other killer took advantage of the situation, of the situation and yeah. found a, a little girl with a W alliteration mm-hmm. and killed her. Yeah. But kind if of, like, she's second, on, then there's but... really no... Yeah. And then, of course, like, Carmen's murder has been linked back to her father for so many years. And he actually... So, he committed suicide because of a domestic abuse scandal that had happened. So, it wasn't anything to do... With the murder. So that's not why he committed suicide. It was a different reason. Um, But he did flee. That was the weird thing. Is that he just like left. Hmm. Um, But Puerto Rico is a a U.S. territory. So I'm not really sure why he couldn't have like been arrested in Puerto Rico. I don't know how that works. But isn't that the same thing that um, the Black Dahlia killer did? Where did he go? Oh, shit. He went to the Philippines. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't know. We should look into that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into what it's like to flee to a U.S. territory. And if you get, I don't know, like, is that well, amnesty? I, mean, I don't even know what I that I don't think be. you do. I think they would extradite yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was going you, you would definitely be extradited back to the U.S. Well, maybe they're just like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Never mind. Like, <laughs> Puerto actually, Rico's problem now. You do it. I don't. I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. So I'll look it up and see what the U.S. territories differences in between, like 
a serial killer escaping to, this is so particular, a serial killer escaping to a U.S. territory to get away from <laughs> persecution in the U.S. or being arrested in the U.S. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of like the jumbled up story of the alphabet killings and the double initial killings in Rochester and in California. Um, yeah, I just thought they were weird. <laughs> <laughs> they are weird. That was yeah. so interesting. I like yeah. that you rhymed twice during the I Alphabet did. Killers Thank you. story. Thank you. That is so funny. That was totally on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so as we know, DNA is amazing, and I'm glad that those four murders have been solved and that he's been convicted and that the death penalty is no longer legal in California because that makes me feel like we could probably continue on with the investigation into the other four women who are on the list if he's um, alive. So I mean, nice. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember if he's dead or not. I don't either. I'm not, and I don't want to look it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just say he's not because I like that. Yeah. He's not alive. But he's you dead. should totally listen to the Jensen and Holes mm-hmm. Murder Squad episode on this because they yeah. can, they give you, every episode they give you um, like little, little tasks to go out and do. Yeah. And they, on their Facebook, they have photos and mm-hmm. you can look at them, talk to your family. Yeah, see if you, you know. know any of the women. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few of the pictures on their website, which I looked at, and they're just all such beautiful women. And it just makes me really sad to think that he may have assaulted many of them or even like killed at least four of, mm-hmm. four of them. So um, as we said- Rodney Alcala, that's the other guy's name. Sorry, I've been trying to think about the whole time. <laughs> What? That's the other photographer oh, yeah. killer guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to that episode. That was driving yeah. me crazy. I'm sorry. That's a good one. Yeah, so um, don't trust photographers. DNA is our best friend. And go look at the pictures because you may solve the mystery. Yeah. the 4,000 <laughs> pictures that were found at Nazo's house. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye.